All right. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Fun Fans Podcast. I'm your host, James Dillard. With me, as always, my co-host, Bailey Jackson. How you doing, Bailey? I'm good. How's everybody doing tonight? All right, all right. We got a special guest, as you can see, Chris Carter Wilson. We will get to him in just a second. We're also going to highlight this weekend's results for baseball and softball at Clemson. We're going to talk Clemson basketball during Bailey's Basketball Beat. We're going to get around to a little bit of conference expansion that seems to be around college sports talk nowadays. And hopefully we'll get to our game day designations for this upcoming football season. Because to us, it's always football season and about the fun and the tailgating. We're also going to give away our first koozie this evening. But first, we need to point out that we are a part of the Fanboys Fangirls Sports Podcasting Network. If you're a true sports fan, the Fanboys Fangirls is perfect for you. Find various nationwide podcasts and other sports media at thefanboys.com and all over Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we are the Fun Fans is the official podcast for Clemson fans. You can scroll to the bottom of thefanboys.com and you can help us help troops. We support homes for troops. So go to the bottom of thefanboys.com and see how you can help us help build homes and rebuild lives for our troops. We love that. And what else do we love, Bailey? We love Rubens. Rubens. That's right. RubensSC.com. Food, spirits, sports, and catering. The best wings around with two locations in the upstate. 1083 Batesville Road in Greer and 11028 Anderson Road in Piedmont. Once again, find them at RubensC.com. Rubens is a great place to eat for every sports fan. Awesome. Very good. And, you know, I've noticed they've posted, they have got a line up this spring. If you enjoy music, you go to Rubens, at least Parkway Facebook page, and you will find a serious lineup of some some entertainment at Rubens. So, all right, so let's get to our special guest today. We have former Clemson baseball player. I believe he played a little catcher and first base, if I'm not mistaken. He was then drafted by the Brewers. We're going to say back in the day because it was literally the same time <laughs> Bailey and I were at Clemson. He's now right. he's current athletic director at Woodmont High School. Uh, which is part of Greenville County, South Carolina School District. Chris Carter. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, you uh, mentioned to me that we actually did our student teaching to together years ago at D.W. Daniel High School, and I know this is my 28th year in public education, so you guys are probably around that too, but thanks for having me. I thank the world of, of Bailey Jackson and uh, just appreciate you guys getting me on the show. Hey, we appreciate you being on here, and and that's the second person, if I count myself, that I've heard that thanks the world of Bailey Jackson, and and I've known his wife for a long time. Well, <laughs> Chris, Chris, I appreciate that, and I'll send you uh, the check that I promised for yeah. saying that check, as soon as we're off here. Minute. Or maybe he I can a, Venmo you. He gets a tumbler. Yeah, he wins. The, he automatically wins the tumbler. Tumbler. So, all right. Well, cool. Well, Chris, tell just start start us off and uh, tell Clemson Nation uh, what Chris Carter is up to nowadays. Well, besides I being am, the AD, that's right, that's right. I have been at Woodmont High School for the last nine years as the athletic director, and certainly been blessed to work on West Georgia Road. Uh, got a unique uh, community that loves sports, loves our kids, and and uh, my wife Amy. We've been married almost twenty years, and she has uh she told me today 
Monday she has 59 days until retirement. So she's counting them down. And uh, I don't even know if she'll clean out her office, to be honest. She might walk <laughs> the car, but um, had a great nine years at Woodmont. And uh, we've done some really good things. We're a finalist for the Palmetto's Finest Award. And we've had the highest graduation rate in Greenville County of the 17 schools two years in a row. And so uh, certainly understand the value value of, of sports and Lord knows my life is better because Jack Leggett invested in me and, uh, and certainly um, understand the value of a, of a competitive athletic program and in public education. All right. Hey, and, well, James, I'll tell you, Chris is also, not only is he the athletic director, he's an excellent PA announcer at basketball <laughs> playoff games. And he's right. You know, uh, we're a finalist too at Clover for Palmetto's final. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So we're competing against you, I guess, but, we didn't do so well last time we competed against you. Uh, well, I hope that, uh, you know, they're supposed to come this week, the the folks from Palmetto's Finest, and, and man, we've been rocking and rolling, getting ready for that. And so uh, we'll, hopefully we'll we'll have a decision either way uh, this week sometime. So Yeah, they, came awesome. la- they were at our place last week. So Well, it's just an honor to make it to the finalists, and, uh, yeah, and it's certainly been exciting for our community. Yeah, that's a huge honor. For sure. And you've been a part of Woodmont's growth, I guess, if you've been there for nine years. I remember when Woodmont was a little two-way school. Yes. And now a lot of people now, remember the old school over there off of 25, and it's still there. And 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 honestly, guys, if you draw a five-mile circle around Woodmont High School, uh, you'll see we'll we'll be the largest school in Greenville County, the largest high school in Greenville County. Um, next year. And so it is, uh, people are moving out to the southeastern part of the county and, and uh, it brings some challenges, but, but with, uh, you know, some long range planning and, and I think we'll be ready to go and certainly a, a unique opportunity for us there. Very good. So, uh, all right. So tell us what it was like being a Clemson baseball player. We're going back to the early nineties. Man, I, I'm going to tell you now, I, I, I was recruited by Kurt Siebert. And uh, Kurt Siebert uh, was Coach Wilhelm's right-hand man. And the story that I tell everybody, the first day I got on campus, I was called to the baseball office. And I lived with uh, Andy Talby, uh, Joe Taylor, and um, Ted Corbin. And we were all new to Clemson. And uh, (laughs) I got called to the baseball office. Now, I hadn't even unpacked my car. And I walked in and there used to be an old couch sitting right in front of coach Wilhelm's desk. And I sat down and that couch kind of consumed you. And he looked over at me and he said, Chris, I'm just going to tell you, I've been doing this for 38 years and recruiting you might be the biggest mistake that we've ever made. Uh, I've got a good friend that coaches at Western Kentucky. And I think that's probably a better fit for you. Uh, you think about all the kids that I've seen come through this baseball program, you're probably the worst kid we've ever recruited. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> I was 10 hours away from home, and, and uh, man, I was just in total shock. And I, I went back to Calhoun Court, where we were living at the time, and I sat there. I was the first one in, and suddenly about 30 minutes later, Joe Taylor comes in. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Hey, man, you're not going to believe this. I got called to Coach Wilhelm's office, (laughs) and I said, so did I. I said, what did he tell you? He said, I was the worst player he'd ever recruited at Clemson in 38 years. 
Well, not only did he call Joe in, but he also called Teddy in. He also called Andy in. And that was just his way of checking us to see if we were going to be tough enough to stick it out. Because if you were soft, you couldn't play for him. Wow. Uh, and uh, so we all kind of sat there comparing stories there. And all four of us got called in. And like I said, he was just trying to see uh, where you stood and wanted to see if you were going to stand your ground, or if you're going to tuck your tail and run. And, and uh, thankfully, uh, Clemson is, is one of the best experiences of my life. And my life is certainly better because of my experience there for sure. Wow. That, so, how would that so go Chris, over now? Uh, well, Chris, my, my uncle who passed away last December a, a year ago, he was best buddies with Bill Wilhelm. Okay. So, and, and, and so they were cut from the same cloth. Oh, right? buddy. And so when I was that semester, I was the manager uh, when you played, I, he caught me sitting on the egg crates catching in the bullpen. So I'm, I'm down there on the egg crate box because I've been down there catching all day because the catchers, Chris and his buddies, probably were out hitting and doing whatever. And I was like a, a manager slash catcher bullpen guy. <laughs> and I was like, coach, I'm tired. And, and I cannot tell you on our PG podcast what he told me about sitting on the egg crate, but I didn't oh, sit on it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, I am so thankful. And, you know, my my senior year, Coach Leggett came on as as the hand-picked replacement. And, and uh, Coach Leggett was wired a little different than Coach Wilhelm. And um, we had some great experiences there. And I'm still – I'm 52 years old and – and I talked to Coach Leggett once a week and, and uh, had some really good times with him, with USA as well, and, and uh, just so happy to see him back where he belongs. You know, I was so upset about all that. Jack Leggett deserved a hero's exit out of Clemson and the way that all that went down. You know, sometimes you don't understand uh, why decisions are made, but to see him back and to see the smile back on his face – I promise you nobody bleeds orange more than Jack Leggett and, and to have Coach Leggett back there where he belongs. You know, that had to be tough, building that baseball building and going through all the architectural plans and then never getting an opportunity to step into that building. So my everything is good in the world when you see seven at Tiger Field. So it, it, it makes makes me very happy. And I think you're not not the only one for sure. Tell, Go ahead and tell the folks the story you were telling me before we got on here about well, uh, his latest first in, in 1993, and I had uh, a moment last summer, you, people don't remember that the ACC baseball tournament was played at the old Greenville Braves Stadium now that's owned by uh, there on Malden Road. I think it's owned by the Greenville Rec or some, some a, a group here in town, and thankfully they've saved that ballpark, but I coached American Legion team for Greenville uh, post three, and I actually had to take my kids and explain to them how significant that ballpark was. And, man, it was uh, – I had one of the best weeks of my life there uh, in 1993. And and uh, we played Georgia Tech, and they were ranked number one in the country, and they had a catcher named Jason Veritek, and they had a shortstop named Nomar Garcia-Par, and they had a, a center fielder named Jay Payton. We go up 9 nothing, win 9-8. Um, but eventually we make it to the finals. And, and what I'll always remember about that is that uh, the day before the finals we played and, and Coach Wilhelm got into an argument with the officials, with the umpires, and, and he didn't like their effort. 
And uh, so after the game, he's still pretty animated. And and uh, Jeff Hart at the time of News Channel 4 sticks a camera in his face. And <laughs> Coach, Coach Wilhelm, I don't know who he was being recorded, but I actually still have a VHS tape with the interview on there. Uh, he says, you know, these uh, these umpires, they come out here, they're half drunk, they're hungover, they don't care about <laughs> baseball. And here we are putting in 60 hours a week with these kids and they and they should never determine the outcome of, of a game. But guys, we're we're not talking about the officials. So what's really happening in Bosnia? And Jeff Hart actually aired that the, at 11 o'clock. And so the ACC came down with the one game suspension. And so Coach Leggett's First career win at Clemson, in my opinion, uh, was when we beat NC State and uh, Jeff Morris hit the shot heard around Pickens County, uh, and we came back to win there. And and uh, that was man, what a special, special memory. And uh, I, I, I passed the old Greenville Braves all the time, and and people don't understand the reason why the ACC tournament's not in Greenville anymore is because that's when Florida State came to the league and we beat the brakes off of Florida State, I think, 13 times in a row. And Mike Martin hated coming to Clemson, and he certainly hated coming to Greenville. And uh, that's exactly why they moved the ACC tournament. And at the time, it was the only tournament that had a larger uh, a draw uh, was Omaha. Uh, man, wow. we, we played. It was, it was special, but Mike Martin, he was a little thin-skinned, and the Tiger, Tiger crew <laughs> knew how to get after him a little bit. And uh oh, move that tournament. In my opinion, it's never been sanctioned. Hey, that's the kind of stuff that we like hearing on here because that's a that's a cool story that only folks like you know, and maybe some other folks remember. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's just and what what you learn here on the Fun Fans podcast, right, Bailey? That's right. This is a very <laughs> educational program. Well, yeah, and well, speaking of being at all the years that that all, all the time that I spent with Coach Wilhelm, I'll never forget. I was, uh, you, you know, he when he retired from Clemson, he didn't do this, you know, last year farewell tour. He didn't make announcements. You know, he wouldn't let him. He wouldn't let Clemson name the ballpark after him because he said they never built it the way he wanted it. And so uh, <laughs> that was kind of funny, but you know. Uh, he he steps away and walks away after my senior year in 93. He's sitting in the dugout before camp starts. And that's just who he was. He didn't want any attention drawn to himself. And, and uh, you know, everybody that plays for him has got a Bill Wilhelm story. <laughs> I didn't get many compliments because I'm going to tell you now, being a catcher, coach was. And uh, he was harder on us than anybody else, I think. And uh, – the, the one one time I think I got a compliment from him is after we beat Georgia Tech in the ACC tournament. He pulled me, he put his arm around me, and he said, you know, you remind me of my favorite my favorite restaurant. And I said, Coach, what are you talking about? He said, the effort's always good, but the food just ain't worth a dang. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, that was, a, that was the best compliment to ever get from Coach Wilhelm. Yeah, that's pretty good. And <laughs> – Speaking of the stadiums and stuff, tell us, was there a particular place that you oh, like, well, maybe Greenville, I guess, but some other place that you maybe traveled to? Yeah, it, it, I, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, or I, I went to high school in Orlando, <laughs> Florida, and uh, going to Florida State was pretty special for me, especially when we were just beating the brakes off of them, like I said. 
Uh, I knew Coach Martin real well. I knew his son, Mike Morton Jr., real well. Um, but, man, we had some really good games at, at Florida State. Um, I got my first hit at Georgia Tech. I, I, I didn't really like Georgia Tech, though, because of how different it was from us. But the gem of all gems for me at the time was Duty Noble. Uh, we were very fortunate in 1992 to play in a regional at Duty Noble, and we actually lost to UCLA in the finals. And, uh, man, if you got if you uh, made the mistake of going out to the left field lounge, it, those those people know how to they know how to get it done. And uh, they were just so awesome to us. And uh, they would feed us. And <laughs> we had gotten off the bus and we were walking to the hotel to get something to eat. And a guy in this big redneck truck kind of cuts us off and jumps up on the curb. He rolls the windows down. And he says, you boys are dog meat. <laughs> and that was our first 30 minutes in Starkville. So it was, uh, it was, we were all, we didn't know what to do, honestly, but yeah, duty noble, Florida state, uh, Greenville, uh, those, those places were really cool. Very good. Well, I do want to tell you though, let me tell you about this, the university of Virginia. I don't know if Beetle, you remember this at the time, the university of Virginia wasn't in the baseball business. They had a half turf infield and the outfield was natural grass and the turf they had actually pulled right off the football stadium. And it still had the hash marks in the, and the yardage lines and Ted Corbin oh, wow. would field a ground ball at shortstop and he's standing on the 40 <laughs> <laughs> and it was cold and it was just flat concrete. And so it's amazing to see their facility now, but I remember what it used to be and it wasn't very good. Yeah. Just to stay on the topic of baseball, how about do you get a chance to see Clemson play now? I know everybody's busy, especially athletic director. And uh, have you been over there recently? I know that this year's young, but do you get a chance to go see them play? I have, I've got a good buddy of mine, Joe, Bull, Joe Bullard. And uh, a lot of people don't know another side of this. A roommate, my roommate, Joe Taylor, and I, we started showing up to Clemson games um, in my blue 1994 Chevy Cavalier, 92 Chevy Cavalier, and we we think we may have had the original start of the Cajun Cafe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we uh, had all the former players, and we would have some beverage, and people would have to pay for cups, and uh, so we think we maybe had that got that started. But uh, <laughs> no, I have not been to a game yet. But uh, Joel Bullard, a good friend of mine, he uh, will get me tickets to the Cajun Cafe, and just what an unbelievable uh, difference in the ballpark now and the baseball facility. Um, you know. People, a lot of people forget too. The real hill isn't at Death Valley. The real hill was in the outfield at Clemson, and uh, we would have visiting teams come in, and they would not take infield or outfield. Their outfielders would just simply try to react to balls off the bat during batting practice because the hill from about 15 feet short of the fence it was a pretty significant slope, mm -hmm. and if we were always told that when you hit the hill you had to pick your knees up or it was going to consume you. And I think they've cut, they've cut some of that hill out. I think they've maybe moved the fence in some. Uh, but the new, you know, the new, the new city um, and just the new aura of the ballpark is just phenomenal. It's, it's, it's what college baseball should look like uh, when, that, when your program's supported. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's, it's like a minor league. It, it probably out 
outdoes a lot of minor league organizations for well, sure. <laughs> I, yeah. I played in the Pioneer League now. I can tell you, <laughs> Kendrick Field in Helena, Montana, it was a high school ballpark. It didn't look anything like Tiger Field. And you go down here to the Greenville Drive, man, those guys are spoiled rotten. Yeah. Uh, right. That's, that's nice. That's a big league surface and a big league to the inch ballpark. And every guy they run out there throws 95. So um, I'm glad that I played back then because I probably – would have to be a golfer if I played today. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, the Tigers got swept this weekend. A lot of a lot of runs were scored, I think, by both teams, but considerably more by the University of Central Florida, I think, in all three games. Um, I know we're just getting started. It started off really well, then got swept. Like you said, Leggett's back in the dugout. New coach. What's the outlook uh, in either one? Bailey, your opinion? Chris, your opinion, the outlook for the Tigers on once again two weeks into the season? Well, I can, I mean, I talked to um, this this fall, Nick Clayton, when he was back on campus. He's, he's a relief pitcher, um, and I play golf with him some and see him a good bit during the summer. And he was excited about the new, you know, it was just excited because there's a little change in philosophy, um, new energy. You know, just like anything else, when you make a change, some people love it and some people just don't like it. Uh, but, um, you know, he was excited. Very well, good. I, I, I can tell you, being from Central Florida, UCF ain't no joke. Right. All right. Uh, you get those guys down there in Central Florida and, and the facility that they have, and I think they have over 40,000 students, maybe 60,000 students in Central Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. Central Florida is a very good college baseball team. Don't let that fool you because there is certainly some parity in college baseball uh, and uh, everything will be fine. They call it, you know, we haven't got into ACC play yet. We're just now getting started. We're trying to figure out. And, you know, until you see live bullets, you really don't know how those kids are going to react and respond. And I know uh, um, with the new coach, his, his change in philosophy has been pretty significant. Uh, I think uh, he runs a much tighter ship. He's a Jack Leggett disciple, and, uh, you know, the fundamentally they'll be fine, uh, and I promise you this, every time they step on the field, they're going to compete. Uh, but winning in college baseball is tough, man. Oh, People yeah. think that, it, you know, the game of baseball itself is just so hard, um, and, and then to, to try to win in the ACC and at that, at that level of baseball with the arms and the, and the, um, the transfer portal now – just totally makes it a, a different experience. And I'm sure Bailey can tell you it's really hurt our high school kids because now our high school kids, their best option is going to junior college because when a college coach now has an opportunity to recruit a kid, the first place he's going is the portal. Right. He's not going to, unless you're a top 10% guy, you're a five-star guy. If you're a three-star, a two-star, if you're, you know, they're going to, you're going to get overlooked. And, uh, and so Everything's going to be okay. Just let everybody just settle in, and and, uh, and and everything will work out. Just hang on. It's coming. There you go. You heard it Heard it here first. Probably <laughs> not first, but you definitely heard right. it here. I'll tell you what is going well over there is softball, and something has changed from when we were there. I kind of hate we didn't have softball when we were there, but they are flat out killing it. They are ranked number five in the country now. They went two and one this weekend, but that was their first loss of the season the softball team at Clemson is now 15 and one so have, have you 
you guys, either one of you guys kept up with the softball team this year? I, yeah, I, I mean, they lost to bit. Tennessee. Yeah. One to nothing. And I don't know, is Tennessee good? You have to feel Number me. Number nine in, in the country. Oh, yeah. So. Okay, yeah, there oh, you yeah. go. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, and the thing with uh, softball, man, if you've got a thumper in the circle and you've got somebody that can throw strikes and compete, you got a chance all the time. And I think with the – I believe her name is Kegel with the mm-hmm. young lady that they can run out there. And <laughs> it's not like she's starting every five days. You know, right, she's right. going to get a chance to tow the rubber the whole weekend. And I can't imagine being a hitter having to face Dwight Gooden, you know, three times in a row. Right. Uh, that would have been no fun. Um, but, no, I, I just – it's awesome to me, the the new stadium, the notoriety, the opportunity for young women in our state. Right. To have the same dream that the kids do. Uh, and, you know, at Woodmont, we have a new baseball coach. His name is Avery Mann. And uh, Avery came to us this year. And our, our team won a, won a game in, in 12 innings on Friday night. If you remember, it was raining, and they were playing over at Westside and Turf, and our kids came back and won. And I got home. I thought that they had actually uh, – the game had been rained out. And when I saw that they had won, I got in touch with Coach Leggett, and I said, hey, Coach, do you mind sending, sending my new coach over at Woodmont? you mind sending him something for me? Four seconds, done. And, uh, hey, this is Jack Leggett. Heard you won a game uh, in extra innings. Man, just keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. Uh, keep working hard. That tells you who Jack Leggett is. That's you know. Right. Uh, and uh, th- that's the best thing about Clemson baseball. When we went to his Hall of Fame induction, the number of guys that showed up there, the number of guys that were passionate about uh, about him and, and – uh, you know, the world is a better place when you cross paths with Jack Leggett, and I'm just very thankful for that too. But softball is off to a great start, and, man, they get after it. They play hard, and, and that young lady, she gets in the uh, toes of the rubber, and she gets after it now. They're really good. Shameless plug. We had to get some help getting maybe getting Coach Leggett on the podcast here, right, Bailey? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. We can do that. Yeah. So He's, he might be kind of busy right at this very moment. But. Maybe a little bit. Maybe we have, might have to wait a little bit to get Coach Leggett. I wouldn't here. have him on the show tonight after the weekend. <laughs> oh, right. Maybe yeah. a little disgruntled. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's probably making practice plans for tomorrow, him. Uh, but no, no, it's uh, what a cool, cool time to be a Clemson fan, man. Right. Oh, isn't it though? I mean, that's why we, that's why we, start, one reason we started this podcast, right, Bailey? So, that's it. All right, Chris, tell us about your – we appreciate you being on here. It's really cool to have an opportunity to talk Clemson baseball and softball, hear the stories. But before you go, tell us about your – there's something behind you there, the American flag. Oh, yeah. It's kind of – you got a new hobby, I heard. (laughs) I started a little gig in my garage. Uh, When COVID hit, I I was driving my wife, Amy, absolutely crazy. (laughs) And keep in mind now, I didn't have a tape measure. I didn't have a handsaw. I didn't have anything. And I saw a guy make a, an American flag out of a, uh, a wooden pallet. And from there, I tried to make one, and I made the mistake of watching a couple of YouTube videos. And when you're competitive, you're competitive in everything you do, whether it's fielding ground balls or throwing runners out or making wooden flags. And so now it's pretty cool that we uh, can make some flags. We give them to our, our veterans, we have uh, flags for all of our military branches. 
And uh, it just really is my time away. It gives me a chance to recharge and recover. And, and uh, you know, most of my Sunday afternoons are spent down in my shop. And, and uh, luckily, uh, the first 10 flags I made, I took all that money. I, had, I built those with just a hammer and a handsaw. And now I've got every tool you can imagine. It looks like <laughs> Home Depot uh down in my shop so i uh, know i appreciate that and uh hey just appreciate you guys letting me uh join the show today always excited to talk about the tigers isn't it and where can folks find those flags uh i have uh on facebook i've got c3 flag facebook you can look there and if you see something you like uh, just let me know i'll be happy to help you there you go custom flags from Former Clemson baseball player Chris Carter. Chris, we appreciate your time again. It was good to good to see. You. We'll we'll run into you again. I'm sure uh, there's a little clinic coming up that I think we may be at soon. Baylor, we got to figure out how we're going to do the show that Sunday evening. But uh, that, that it's a conference, James. Conference. It's a conference. Yes. <laughs> oh, you talking about all, down We will all be there. It's working. Yeah, we we have to work. We got on there. I got and you. Get a lot of work done, but we appreciate you being on here. All right, and, guys. Uh, thanks a lot. Go Tigers. Go Chris, Tigers. Stay in it, touch. Buddy. You got it, man. All right. Well, that was really cool. You don't hear stories like that unless you talk to somebody like that pretty much ever. You know, f- those folks that had those experiences with those coaches and those teams that we followed for back in the day. But uh, so we definitely appreciate Chris being on there. But speaking of teams we're following, Bailey, it's time for – Bailey's basketball beat. I'm throwing in the alliteration there. <coughs> Bailey's basketball or beef last week. Beef, beef. last week. This the right. beat. So I was I was able to be at the game Wednesday night. Clinic by Brad Brownell against the zone. Um, absolute. You know, and if you just if you just watch it on television, you may not see these little ins ins and outs. But they attack Syracuse's zone, which they're known for about three different ways, and people go, what are you talking about? They didn't do that. Well, they did because I was sitting right there, and I cannot watch a basketball game without looking at it from a coach's perspective. All right, so now I want to—I do want to back up, and, um, you know, I didn't get any text messages this week. You know, everybody's cool. Nothing? Nope, nope, because, nope. because here's the thing. I've said it a million times. It's hard to win on the road. The best road record in the ACC is six and two, and that's Pittsburgh, but they still have to go uh, to Miami. Miami has the next best road record at six and four, and the next best is Clemson at five and four. Nice. Okay, so the everybody else is five and five or less. So it's it's hard to win on the road. Ask Syracuse. And for Clemson to do what they did yesterday, I did watch the game. I was I was busy uh, doing something else, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a minute. But well, wait a minute. Oh, Speaking of what else Baylor was doing, what? I had an opportunity to be the color commentator for four uh, South Carolina High School League Upper State Championship games. Uh, kind of a little bucket list item on my <laughs> list. Um, and hopefully not the last time. The producer said I could come back anytime I wanted to. But I, I had the 1A girls, 1A boys, 3A girls, and 3A boys uh, at Bob Jones University in Greenville. And that was um, that was big fun. Maybe some footage on here next week or something. Yeah, just don't just don't forget about us little folk when you make it in yeah. big-time media, for sure. 
And I knew that Bailey was was calling that game or being the color guy. So, and of course, I wanted to keep up with the Clemson NC State game. It was a big game, and like like we've talked about all the time, the podcast is about being a fan. I tried to find that game on TV. I know it may have been on some screen somewhere, but me and my YouTube TV subscription couldn't find it. Maybe it was blacked out in the area, whatever. So a little throwback, I listened to it, well, through my computer, but it was the radio broadcast. And, you know, that was a little nostalgic, but that was also kind of fun. And I'll give, I'll give the summary. I don't have the basketball expertise that Bailey does. But let's see, my summary of that game was we kicked their tails. That's literally what happened. It was a butt whooping from start to finish Saturday in the big game, kind of deciding who may be that number four, number five, and get the double bye into the tournament. We're only a couple games left in the regular season, right, Bailey? Yep, two games so that- left. Uh, almost everybody has two games left. Uh, Miami just won. But, yeah, so I can just tell you that I did a little research because oh, that's what it. I do. All right. And I'm going to be brief because, you know, we, we Chris was great. Um, in the five, I, I picked out five of what I call their best performances of the year offensively. Penn State, Wake Forest, Florida State at home, Syracuse at home, and yesterday. And in those games, uh, Clemson attempted 23.2 free throws a game. All right. In their five worst losses, which I'll go over in a second, they only attempted 15 free throws a game, all right? And then they shot 45% from three-point range in those wins. And in the five worst losses, 23%, all right? Mm. So, and the two-point percentage is actually a little bit better in the bad games. In those bad games, I I said at Wake Forest, uh, the game, the neutral site game with uh, Loyola Chicago, at Boston College, at Louisville, and at North Carolina. Okay, those were games they didn't play well because they didn't shoot well, right? right? And so, you know, if you look at their their season, how many 90-plus point games has Clemson had? A bunch. Mm-hmm. And you need – that's a lot of points. That's a lot that's of That's a points. ton of points. And But they also found a way to beat another game I was at, Virginia Tech, 51-50. to 50. Mm-hmm. So – and Boston College is slowly moving up into the middle of the pack, which is a great job for Boston College. And it's 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 hard to win in conference. It's tough. And it's the but, thing about college basketball, people want to look into the postseason and they know that one loss puts you out, whether it's your conference tournament or the NCAA tournament. And maybe that's why one loss kind of hangs on people so bad. But you can't – I mean, you're not going to go undefeated – and you just have to learn through the season, and these the good coaches know how to carry that into the the postseason and be successful. Speaking of the standings, I mean we're right here. I don't know. Bring this up. Clemson's basically still right there in the number four spot. I don't know how good folks can see that, but I mean, and only a game out of first place, the top four, go from fourteen and four, uh, and then Clemson's at thirteen and five. So I mean. It's literally a bundle right there in the, at the top with Clemson. Well, I mean, if 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 Miami gets beat by Pittsburgh, and so if Miami gets beat by Pittsburgh, and then Clemson wins out and only has five losses, that's three teams with five losses. So I don't know what the tiebreaker is on that <laughs> because everybody beat everybody else. 
Right. Now. They'll flip five coins. And here's the deal. If you finish fourth, you're going to probably get the number five seed in the in your first game because they're going to play the winner of the 12-13 matchup. All right. So you probably would rather finish third, even though somebody like North Carolina may be the seventh seed. And I think we actually – Clemson actually matches up better with Duke than North Carolina because of North Carolina's size. And and it depends on which North Carolina team shows up, just like which Clemson team shows up and which Duke team shows up and, and on down the line. But I'll say this. I try not to read message boards. Because, gave that up a long time ago. Because it's it's real simple. Like, I'm going to get on this podcast and tell you what I think, right or wrong. It's my opinion, all right, and I'm going to own it. They are still on TigerNet calling for Brad Brownell's head. I do not understand it. And if you need more clarification, people that are on TigerNet, go back and watch last week's podcast. I'm not going through all that again because I was fired up. And well, people, there's there's going to be a couple coaches in the ACC um, either retire or get fired this year. Brad Brownell's not one of them. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it very seriously. And, you know, it's, it's hard to win. It's easier to lose. But you know who never loses? J-Doo. J-Doo. J-Doo, MC entertainer, entrepreneur, pep rallies, corporate events, game shows, fundraisers, galas, etc. Just put that man on the mic and let him liven up the party. Not only is J-Doo a friend of mine, I've seen him work, and you and your organization will not be disappointed. Anytime you add J-Doo to your function, you can find him at It's J-Doo and on all forms of social media at It's J-Doo. And just going to point out one more time that uh, I am scheduled to attend another gala coming up in a month or so. So we'll definitely be looking forward to that. So we talked about (laughs) the conference expansion. Have you been seeing this stuff, Bailey? I did, I, and I did some more research today, and, we, and they're talking about a um, Atlantic Pacific Athletic Conference where basically, yeah, you combine the ACC and what is left of the Pac-12 and add SMU and um, San Diego State. You know, the only thing that excited me, I guess, it really didn't excite me when I saw this was we would be in Coach Prime's conference. I saw the Colorado Buffalo, which who knows if he would be there when any of this happens. But I, you got two cents worth on that, Bailey? Well, I mean, I think eventually it's going to get to that because it's all driven by television revenue. It's all driven by money. And if the SEC and the Big Ten are going to do something, then the ACC is going to have to join with someone. And honestly, the Pac-12 is the only other conference and it's kind of cool. I did re- read a stat where it's actually closer for the University of Arizona to go to Louisville than it is for them to go to Washington State. Wow. Okay, it's, well, it's, a, it's a shorter flight. My thought was it, it's kind of a shame, and but we all know money drives all decisions, especially in even college sports. And it's kind of a shame that that happens. People are the, – the conferences got big. They split up into divisions, and they kind of learn their lesson from a game standpoint – who's the best team, who's not the best team. You know, the best two teams may end up in the same division, et cetera. So let's get away from divisions. And it's it's almost as if some people can't learn from their own mistakes. The money is, like you say, is forcing folks to do something like this, which is just going to create a mega conference. If you go to an entirety of the country in two conferences or even three, 
they're going to be split up into divisions. And where are you going to be? You're going to be right back to the five or six conferences, conferences within the big mega conferences that you were before. So it almost makes little to no sense other than the money. And I kind of feel bad, even though you point out some of that travel, you know, is, is who knows what it might be. But for the most part, you're going East Coast to West Coast, all of the and they're doing it for football. It's all about money, and it's, which is all about football. So those Saturdays may be no big deal. You can get on a plane and you can go to wherever. But we just talked about baseball and softball. Can you imagine? And I don't know if they would do it. Maybe they only do it once a season, whatever. But those non, I'm going to call them non-revenue, even though they may be revenue sports, those kids that are supposed to be in college flying from, you know, Virginia to California in the middle of the week to play a game, I don't you know. Maybe they think, well, we won't do that, and that's just – well, why are we in a conference? Well, well, it's, well so it's all what about the, money. The Pac-12 used to do is they would play Saturday, Monday. So if 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 like let's say Arizona State went to Southern Cal in basketball, they might play there on Saturday and on Monday play at UCLA and then come home. So they would play two while they were gone. You Keep know, the midweek stuff whole, the much mid, more local. Yeah, they would. Try, I guess they would try to balance that a little bit. Um, but if they played on, they may not. On, they may only play on Saturday and Monday because most teams only play two games a week. Possibly. Well, it depends on what what sport you're referring to, I guess. But even like baseball, they do a yeah. you know a weekend stand or or whatnot. It it could be interesting. There's definitely some pros to it. I mean, one thing we talk about on the fan, the fun fans, is during football season you could wake up and start watching football at noon and have conference games going till uh, you know way past our bedtime uh, on that case, but. Also, we'd have to get some rest during the day to stay up for a West Coast game. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of this coming football season, and maybe we'll get into this uh, on another show uh, in more detail, but these designations came out, and since this is about being a fan, we were going to discuss each one of these. If you haven't seen this, if you're a football fan for Clemson, I love these days. I love that they put a theme around them. I'm not sure what Ipte Day means. I just give more money to your Ipte, maybe. I don't know. But for sure, the family weekend is great. Bailey and I are both parents. That's always fun. Hall of Fame Day, uh, Chris talked about. I think we may have talked about that a little bit before we actually got on here. When those players are, are inducted into the Hall of Fame, that's really, really cool. And Military Appreciation Day. If you've never been to Clemson for Military Appreciation Day, you need to put November 11th on your calendar and do your best to get a ticket and maybe we can get into uh, more of that on another show because it's time. It's time to give something away, Bailey. We're giving away. I'm doing a drum roll. Yeah. We we did a random drawing. It was completely random of folks following our Facebook. There you go. It's got your name on it. Following our fun fans, Facebook page next week, we're going to do random drawing of folks following our Twitter account. So make sure you find us on Twitter. Twitter is at, it's my Twitter account, J-D-I-L-L-A-7791. But the name of it is Fun Fans, James and Bailey. And this week's winner of a high quality stainless steel polar camel koozie from our it friends is, at Diamond nice. Etch Products really nice. is... Suzanne Thompson, Susan, a.k.a. Sally. Do you remember Sally Bailey? You've met oh, her. Oh, yeah, she won. 
She her won, yeah. Suzanne? She goes by Suzanne. I don't know. A Clemson graduate, recent real, Clemson graduate. Real life. Yeah, real life graduate. But Sally, I will get you your koozie as soon as possible. Maybe give you an excuse to come hang out with us again or something or vice versa. So, But we do appreciate uh, the assistance we get from our friends at Diamond Etch Products. These guys have mastered a diamond laser engraving process. And they can put almost any design on items such as license plates, yard signs, tumblers, water bottles, and more for a high-quality, foreverlasting, custom-engraved product. Check out Diamond Etch Products at diamondetchproducts.com. For inquiries or orders, you can email Jalen at diamondetchproducts.com. So make sure you're following us on Twitter. Make sure you're following us on other forms of social media especially uh, YouTube. If you would like one of our high-quality tumblers or koozies, the link to our merch store will be posted with our podcast. And that was a pretty good show. We went a little long, B, but that was really cool talking to Chris. Um, we got well, to Chris our is, conference Chris expansion. Is a great, Chris is a great dude, and that's exactly how he was in college. He, he is a, the nice, one of the nicest people. Uh, and I'm, I seriously mean that. And he's just a, he's a great athletic director and is great to have on our show. Right, right. Really, really good guy. And I do remember him from uh, when we do, were doing our student teaching because he was the guy that used to that played baseball for Clemson. I was just some guy that was there doing uh, doing my math. Who played student intramural teaching. softball for Clemson. Yeah, yeah intramural <laughs> champions and still have the T-shirts to prove it. But That's right. all right, we do appreciate everyone checking us out. We're going to continue to bring you great stories and Fun fans, plenty of great guests as we go through our show each and every week. Share and like, share this with your friends. We're still working on getting our IPTA president on here as a guest. I mean, maybe the guy's kind of busy, whatever, but uh, we, we got to get him on here. Uh, but on behalf of the Fun Fans Podcast, J Thriller Entertainment, the Fanboys Fangirls Podcast Network, and Bailey Jackson. I'll see you guys all next time. See you next time.